Welcome to the Land of Buzz podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Kelly Craig, alongside my co-host, Carl Boffman, uh, Dr. Carl Boffman. Hello. So uh, we are welcome, welcoming you back uh, for another episode, another season here at In the Land of Us. Uh, we uh, took a little bit of a hiatus as uh, <laughs> <laughs> schedules got busy. Um, and then we just forgot we had a podcast. So, <laughs> But, but the, the fans demanded that we come back. So we are back for you. Um, and then so in the meantime, uh, we can catch up a little bit. I guess, Carl, you, you have you got tenure yet? Yeah, I got yeah. tenure. So now I'm here to stay. Yeah, no getting rid so. of you. And uh, published a book. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you are interested, um, I published a book with one of my friends who is at Stephen F. Austin uh, State University. We wrote on the um, sort of, it's called Parallel Lives. Romans and the American founders, and we looked at a few of the American founding fathers, and we looked at uh, some Romans from the late Roman Republic, and did sort of these little comparative biographies, kind of a fun thing, and so if you enjoy history, you should buy it. The paperback is much cheaper. That is true. <laughs> buy the paperback. You can buy it on Amazon, or <laughs> through the publisher's Routledge, which is an academic press yeah. in, in Britain. And did you give the title of the book? Yeah, Parallel Lives. Oh, Parallel Lives. Romans okay. and the American Founders. All right. Well, there you go. So put that on your reading list, uh, Dr. Boffman. It's not very long either. Yes. Yeah. you know, I, I don't have an attention span to write a long book, so. <laughs> and that's why he co-wrote it. He only did half of it. <laughs> <laughs> But, all right, well, anyway, uh, so we uh, decided to come back this uh, this season and start off with um, something we'd actually kind of mapped out prior to us going like dormant a while ago. <laughs> a while ago. Uh, but uh, we wanted to talk today's episode uh, about saints and, and who the saints are. Um, what, you know, we, we hear a lot of people, uh, especially if you've been around uh, or around a Roman Catholic, Catholics, uh, you might hear the invocation of saints. You might see, um, you know, we see a, a, if you go to any uh, grocery store here in Texas, they've got the candles that you can, the little votive <laughs> candles that you can. Uh, we have a whole uh, a drawer full of them at our house because when a hurricane was coming, those were the only candles left. <laughs> so, so I have a whole bunch of saints' candles uh, in our drawer for emergencies. But uh, but so there's a lot of uh, you know misconception about uh, the saints, uh, who they are. How what our um, reaction to them or in response and, and interaction with them should be. Um, and so we want to look at that and explore that today. And if you are listening for the first time, we are <laughs> Lutherans. So we are children of the Reformation. Uh, we have opinions on the saints that we believe scripture teaches. And so we'll talk about um, a little bit about what we believe scripture tells us about saints um, Protestant denominations and Lutherans, what they think about them, what Roman Catholics believe. Um, yeah. Kind of try to cover all the yeah, little bases. We'll try to cover all those. So I guess we should probably start with maybe just the definition of, of when we say saints, uh, who are we talking about? Um, well, in a broad sense, when Lutherans talk about saints or Christians talk about saints, um, that's all of God's children. We're all saints. Um, yeah, and we see this in Scripture, too. Paul writes letters to the saints in mm -hmm. Ephesus, to the saints in Corinth, um, sort of a, a term to refer to those who are redeemed, um, coming just from the Greek hagios, which means holy. And so here we are redeemed and holy in the eyes of God because of Christ. And so in English, we say saints. 
Exactly. Uh, so, so we have that that broad sense of the term saints. Now, we're going to look more at the narrow sense of when we talk about saints, <clears throat> and those are those individuals who have died um, and have uh, been sainted or are seen in a a uh, have to have lived an exemplar life of holiness. Uh, and, and so, and depending on your religious background, um, whether it be Protestant, Lutheran, or Catholic, or um, Orthodox, whatever it might be. Um, you're going to approach those individuals differently. Yeah, and I mean, and we see it even if, you know, no matter where you are, you drive down the street and you see churches, you know, St. Paul's Methodist Church or, you know, St. Richard's Catholic Church or St. I don't know. I've even seen like St. Paul Baptist and um, you got cities like St. Paul and St. Louis. And so... Yeah, those we're going to talk about the big one, the the big saints. Yeah, the, 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 top, the, the top tier, the real saints, <laughs> top tier saints, not not us, uh, not us regular saints. Right, exactly, exactly. So, uh, so when we look at those, um, you know, there's, I think, as the cult of the saints or kind of uh, developed in early Christianity um, after the the apostolic apostolic age um, and, and, and into the medieval church, we see this cult of saints develop in which uh, the church was pointing people to them for uh, to, to go to, to pray to, to ask for certain, and depending on what saint it was, uh, you would pray to that saint for guidance, for, for help, for intercession. Um, and so that, that develops over a period of time. It certainly was not in the early church, um, and the the, uh, the Jerusalem church was not doing this, um, and uh, the apostolic age, this was not happening. And uh, but over time, we start to see these kind of things creep in, and 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 people are uh, then by the time of the Reformation, we're going to see this as a contentious issue um, that we'll talk to about uh, here in a, in a bit. But we we have these these uh, this idea in the medieval church that uh, you could go to a saint. So, for example. Uh, St. Arnold. Um, he is the patron saint of brewers, right? So don't know why that one popped in my head, but... Uh, so I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you could go, and, and if you were uh, brewing brewing beer or, or going to, you know, if you were a brewer, um, you would go and you might have a, a, a icon of St. Arnold or, or a little statuette or, or something like that, or you would say a prayer uh, to him in, in hopes that he would intercede for you. Because um, there was this idea of this treasury of merits, that these the saints had lived such good lives, that they were so virtuous that, and so holy that they had an abundance of it, and it was kind of like reserved up in heaven to be doled out to others um, on their behalf. Yeah, and I think that, you know, and we'll probably talk more about this uh, a little bit later, but I think it's, you know, we also have to understand that it's such a human thing to do. I think that as people, um, you know, we see these heroes, we attribute all these great things to them, like we do it in our political histories, our religious histories, and, you know, to believe that those people are better than us and therefore have something extra for us, I think is just sort of a natural thing. And, you know, and as we're going to talk about in just a second, um, this idea, too, that we can approach God just through, you know, Christ seems 
like a little too easy. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, and then, you know, and we have our own sort of human limits of understanding where, you know, God's really busy and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there, you, we could approach God, you know, through some of his like, Subordinates, yeah, or, or lower subordinates, yeah. so that like you know we can get our easy little prayers done, yeah. and it's not going to bother God. Yeah, we don't um, we don't want to burden him with all. I mean, our little minor prayers about this or that. Yeah. You know, dear Lord, help me find my keys. Like who, who's the who's the saint of lost keys? I need to pray to him, and he'll help me Is first. That Anthony, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that's the same for lost things. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, like I think that, and so when I think when we look at the saints we kind of have this conflicted sort of thing where we have this genuine Christian scriptural understanding of the fact that we have these Christians who have gone before us, who have endured like great things, done great things, you know, thanks be to God. Um, and we admire them and we want to remember that. And at the same time, we've got this other aspect of, well, maybe we can also use them to help us do things. Like, I mean, almost kind of like a recreation of sort of paganism where you have all of these minor gods and you have like this pantheon of people or these god figures you can reach out to. Um, And I think it's very tempting for us to to fall into that trap. We do because we want... We want to be able to have, um, it, you know, I think that's a good analogy, you know, the, it, hearkening back to the, the pagans and the household gods that would watch over you specifically. Um, and and so we, we like to have, uh, you know, that, that, that saint that we connect with, whether it's through our vocation or maybe through a struggle that we have, that we... Um, we ca- we like to know we have this extra uh, layer of of you know protection or extra prayers that he might be the saint might be doing for us and so we we want to you know kind of insulate ourselves with with that that comfort um, and of course the problem then comes is that you're replacing where true comfort comes from um, yeah you, you're 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 pushing Christ to the side in, in lieu or, you know, in, in, in instead in taking this, this other person. Well, especially since, you know, and, you know, just cutting the chase before we get into more details, um, we have been promised by Christ that, you know, we can approach him, that, you know, we come to the father through him, that we, um, that we're surrounded by hosts of angels who, you know, are looking out for God's people, that we have those who have gone before us continually pl- praying before the throne of God, like on the behalf of us and the church. And so all that stuff's already taken care of. And yeah. it's like we create this extra layer. It's almost like, um, you know, maybe we're just so capitalistic. We need this middleman. Like we need to add this extra layer. Of well, eventually that, that, that kind of uh, the capitalist part actually <laughs> really starts to, to creep in during the Reformation. And, and <laughs> oh, you can make money off of it. Like. <laughs> Without a doubt. And so uh, and that becomes a point of contention for the Reformation. I mean, the sell of indulgences and and those types of things. Um, but uh, and, and and you you know the the, the relics you know the you, even um, you know those uh, Frederick you know the, the that was supporting uh, Luther had a huge collection of relics um, from from all over and whether or not they were real or not you know the the, the finger bone of John the Baptist or or the breast milk of Mary yeah like, or, I mean, yeah, I mean it, 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 thorns it, from the from yeah the, the yeah from the true cross you know fr- fragments from the true cross you know and and I. 
I don't doubt that some of these might have been real. I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that some of these these uh, relics truly are what they are uh, and claim to be. Um, I, I don't put any f- faith in them, you know, curing me or, or helping me. But, um, I, you know, and I would go so far as to say, I don't know if I, I wouldn't put faith in them performing miracles. No. But I wouldn't deny the ability for God to choose to work miracles through them. Well, um, I mean, I like, was, I, like I wouldn't expect that, you know, the tooth of St. Bartholomew. Bartholomew to like <laughs> heal me, but yeah. Well, do I believe that people have been healed by it? Sure. I mean, you look in the book of Acts and people are being healed by, you know, Peter's shadow. They're touching like cloth or, or something left behind by Paul and, you know, and things are happening. So I believe that God, who is, you know, all powerful, certainly does do that out of, I think, compassion for his people, but he doesn't promise that he's going to yeah, always Yeah, and that's, that's the major and distinction so, we need to keep. Yeah. Keep in mind that could God do it this way? Of course, but it's not really the question of how could God do it, but how does God say He will do it? And and you know that 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 is a concrete, um, objective truth in the cross, and you know not, not a, a piece of the true cross, but <laughs> the cross of Christ, in where salvation was won for us, and and Christ's death, um, and so that's where we we go to His Word and sacraments, where He promises us He will be, and so to to put faith in something that there is no promise attached to it um, is is diluted uh, it deludes that faith I think oh, and, yeah and I think yeah and I think it, it you know it places words in God's mouth right. that he hasn't said whereas I think that recognizing God's ability to work through anything is certainly possible but the comfort is going to be where he works for things he's promised to work through word and sacrament promising to work through you know the, his means of grace not you know extra things that we decide he should work through because you know we want him to or because we've seen it happen before right yeah and, and so and so we you know that that kind of develops and that that's what's coming out of the medieval church that's what's you know um, people will be um uh, facing in uh, during the Reformation, and it is uh, and it is continued today in the Orthodox and the the Catholic uh, the Roman Catholic Church. So that there is still a um, a emphasis and a um, laying on of importance as far as what these uh, men and women can do for you in lieu of going to Christ, um, that they are an uh, intermediary between you and, and Christ and Christ and God. You're listening to In the Land of Us with Reverend Kelly Craig and Dr. Carl Boffman. For over 75 years, our Savior Lutheran Church has taught that among God's people, learning is drawn from the clear truth of God's eternal word, the Bible. Our focus is on the cross where our Savior Jesus Christ died so that we might live with Him here and in eternity. As a confessional Lutheran church, our Savior is a liturgical church where the basic pattern of our worship is drawn from the services which have been used by Christians for many centuries all across the world. The components of the liturgy come from the Bible and serve to focus our worship on the Word of God and our response to it in faith. The forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation won for us on the cross by Jesus are delivered to us by the Holy Spirit through the means of grace. God's words of forgiveness, which we hear spoken through His Holy Word, including preaching and holy absolution, and the sacraments of holy baptism and the Lord's Supper. 
We invite you to join us for worship every Sunday at 9.30 and on Wednesday evenings during the Advent and Lenten seasons. We are located at 5000 West Tidwell in Houston, Texas, or you can watch us on our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Our Savior Lutheran Church. If you would like more information, please call us at 713-290-9087 or send us an email at church at osl.cc and find us on our website at osl.cc. God's richest blessings. Um, yeah, and in with the Orthodox, too, you have the iconography, right. which we're not going to talk about today because if we get through our list, we'll eventually do councils and yeah. we can talk about it when we get to the councils. Yes, and, and as uh, uh, Dr. Boffin's looking over my shoulder of a wall of icons that I have on my <laughs> wall. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, nonetheless, you know, and, and so we, we have these uh, – <clears throat> this, this is still very much in – in our modern uh, day, uh, the, the saints are, um, and so how do we, as, as Lutherans, how do we, as, as um, people that approach the saints differently, say than Orthodox or or a Catholic, um, how do we look at the saints? You know, and especially because you know, even from a Lutheran perspective, um, we, I mean, we call like you know, lots of denominations will call their church after saints associated with the apostles, Paul mm-hmm. and Peter and stuff like that. But I mean, as Lutherans, we also have like, you know, St. Lawrence, like a very famous Lutheran church in Michigan. Um, we've got St. Martin's churches. We've got, we've got saints that aren't St. Athanasius. That's my best. Yeah. That one. one's in Alexandria, yeah, Virginia, it is a, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we've got these saint named churches that are not biblical saints, I guess. Um, but I think that, and I think that there's maybe a little bit more reluctance to do that today. Um, now they come up with fancy <laughs> new terms. Uh, but uh, uh, I, and I think that, like, so I mean, I think that where you know Pastor Krieg is going is we're, what 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 do we as Lutherans think about this kind of stuff? How do we know what to think about it? Well, fortunately for us, we've got this big book of confessions, which helps us better understand, you know, um, how do we best articulate our position on things in accordance with scripture you know and um i have here in front of me the defense of the augsburg confession um in 21 so the augsburg confession covers the cult of saints yeah um and i think the and then in the defense of the augsburg confession we have the um, writing to the response that the yeah. the, 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 the Roman, Roman confrontation comes out in response to the Augsburg Confession um, addressing each of the uh, articles that are in the Augsburg and some saying yes we agree fully with this or we agree partially or we completely disagree um, yeah, and, and so, then the apology or the defense of the Augsburg <clears throat> Confession comes and responds to that uh, and so it just quickly the, the Augsburg Confession article 21 the cult of the saints um, it's a short article it's not real long um, and and it simply states that the saints should be kept in remembrance, that we should remember the saints um, because they show that God sustained them, how God sustained these men and women in their lives. Um, their work can be an example for us um, um, in each of our own callings, um, but it can't be, and this is what the, the Augsburg Confession says, it, it can't be proven from Scripture that we are to invoke the saints, that we are to call upon them in times of need or trouble or uh, rejoicing or anything like that, um, because Jesus is our only mediator, and and you know, and, and we, we turn to Scripture in that, and that's the thing with the 
Augsburg Confession. Every every article is backed up uh, thoroughly with Scripture, and so you know you look to First Timothy two five. You know there is there is one God, but one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and so that is that's what uh, AC twenty one tells us. And so the the Romans come back in the confutation and they say, well, no, um, and here's why. And so we then and and and. Yeah, uh, the, the apology twenty one as well, uh, and I'm actually going to read it because yeah. I think that uh, so the apology twenty one uh, four through seven uh, says, and I think we can kind of pause after each. Um, section and, and chat about it. Our confession approves honors to the saints. For here is a th- here a threefold honor is to be approved. The first is thanksgiving. For we ought to give thanks to God because he has shown examples of mercy, because he has shown that he wishes to save men, because he has given teachers or other gifts to the church. And these gifts, as they are the greatest, should be amplified and the saints themselves should be praised who have faithfully used these gifts, just as Christ praises faithful businessmen and then it references Matthew 25 and I think that you know this is what we were talking about just a few seconds ago we have these great examples you know it's kind of like how we even view like heroes I mean you want to talk to your kid about, you know, telling the truth. You tell them the stupid story about George Washington and cutting down the cherry tree. Um, what? That's not real. <laughs> whether it's real or not, it doesn't matter because right. what it is is it's trying to give us this lesson from somebody that, as an American, you should admire, you should, you know, right. emulate, and so you use this sort of example for for that. I mean, and I think a great example, you know, and I'll ju- I'll use Mary. Um, uh, as a you know crypto closet Roman Catholic, like um, I'm I'm a big fan of Mary, and I think Mary, you know, you look at Mary, and sometimes as Protestants, as Lutherans, we I think we tend to shy away from Mary because we're like, oh, we don't well, want, and I think I think that's something we we need to you know address as well, you know, we because we have gone too far, I think, in in denigration of the saints in some in some ways to, as a re- overreaction yeah. to the veneration, um, so we we don't want to mention Mary in in any you know, let's just not talk about it. We'll read Luke two, and then then that'll be it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, and I think though that like a great thing. You know, look at Mary, and here she is, this girl who is pretty much nobody, and yet God like comes to her and has her bear salvation has her bear the greatest gift for humanity not because of who she was but because of who God is yeah. and so and I think that that's great comfort to us when we think about like you know who am I oh and it's like well Mary wasn't anybody either yeah, and yet she bore Christ she so, becomes I mean, Theotokos you know, the, how much greater than you know does God shower his gifts on us you know we think about that when Christ talks about like oh you know if the these birds are so beautiful on these like fields and you know how much greater for his people I mean like look Mary He's like a nobody, um, and she is, you know, chosen by God. Um, we find ourselves in, you know, sort of a similar place, and we can take comfort in the fact that Mary did nothing to merit it. Exactly. Just like we did nothing to merit exactly. our salvation. And, and then I think you can look to someone like Mary, and I think you can see an ideal picture of motherhood, of faithfulness, um, of, a, of a wife. Um, I think you can look to her life as examples to, in parts of her life as ways to emulate um, and, and to, to respect. Yeah, the whole family as a whole. I mean, exactly, even Joseph. Yeah, like, exactly. Joseph, who 
it was given kind of a raw deal. <laughs> like, I mean, he's got to marry this girl, like, and he doesn't want to. God appears to him, like, tells him, like, I mean, and who is he? And yet here he is, both of them recognizing that, like, they're putting their faith above their, you know, concerns, and God takes care of them. And the same for us. Sometimes we enter things, we're not sure why, we don't know why uh, things aren't going the way we want. And, you know, we keep to the faith, we trust that God uh, does all things good for those who love him. And, and that's exactly what we see with Joseph, with Mary. We see that with lots of these saints who wind up getting burned or mm-hmm. beheaded or hanged or <laughs> dragged yeah. through the streets. Well, and I think in a lot of the, the saints, um, the, the, their witness, uh, especially the martyrs, their their witness uh, to Christ and the faith they have is such a powerful thing for us today. Um, that's why you know we, we talk about maybe you know some, one of our some of our favorite saints. One of mine, you know, is is Polycarp. You know, the the, the martyr um, because of the the. The witness he leaves um, to and, and and how he, uh, you know, he he exhorts those that would follow him not to choose martyrdom because you're going to shrink away. But if it comes to you, stand firm. Um, yeah, Eighty six years old when yeah. he's well, and also yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 it's also I, I like Polycarp because you know he he talks about um, basically being baptized by John, um, not yeah. John the Baptist, but the, the the beloved disciple. And so I you know that. That kind of helps me uh, say, okay, well, if you don't believe in infant baptism, you have a problem with uh, with the disciple John because uh, he he baptized Polycarp. Um, well, and I think that connects to in the apology. It says, mm-hmm. you know, the second service is the strengthening of our faith. When we see the denial forgiven Peter, we are also encouraged to believe the more that grace truly superabounds over sin, referencing Romans five. Um, and I mean, and I think that's exactly what you and I, you know, just now talking about saints. We said, you know, we look at these people and we honor what they've done but we also then recognize what God has done for them and that's encouraging to us because God you know stepping in and and showing what his love is capable of doing reminds us that he's capable like you know that same love exists today and yeah exactly and I think I mean you know the reference here is you know Peter's denial of Christ um, and you know before the cock crows Um, and and you see that that you know what Peter then becomes you know for our Roman Catholic friends he's the first Pope Um, for everybody else he is even though technically James of Jerusalem is but that's a different story (laughs) we'll get into that later (laughs) but but the the point is that that you know at his he was such a a, a fervent and, and zealot defender of Christ throughout their their ministry. You know, if I need to die, I'll die. You know, and and, and pulling his sword and, and and cutting the ear. Yeah. And, and and you know all these these very braggadocious and you know even you know even before that when when he gives his confession, you know you are the rock, you know or you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Um, but then like three, <laughs> it's always the thing with Peter. Like three verses later, he's like, "Get behind me, Satan." Um, yeah. Like, and I mean, and he is the leader of the apostles. I mean, like, if you, like, we're not going to get too much into it, but when when Christ says, you know, Peter, you are, uh, you know, the rock, and I, I, you know, I'm going to build my church on this rock, you know, he's talking about Peter's faith. He's also talking about Peter himself. Like, the... Peter is a foundational block of of the church. He's the leader of the 12 apostles. He's incredibly important. And yet, he's not perfect by like any well, means. Well, he I, messes up all the time. And you see the... In- and he struggles with his faith. Yeah. And he like... 
he straight up denies because well, like, I mean, he gets scared. And, and I that's think, the thing. It's it's like it, you know that that night he, when he denies, he's not the only person though that turns from from Christ. You see Judas. You know, there's two denials here on that night. I mean, major ones that we that are pointed out and highlighted in, in Holy Scripture. There's Peter's denial, and then there's Judas's, uh, you know, betrayal of Christ. And you see the two, you know, start differences on how those those men's lives turned out. I mean, yeah. Judas does not return in faith. Judas does not believe that he can be forgiven, um, doesn't um, seek forgiveness and repentance, and, and winds up taking his own life. Yeah. Uh, Peter, on the other hand, we see when when Peter sees, you know, and later on when Peter sees Christ in the boat, um, or when he Peter's in the boat and Christ is cooking fish on the uh, on the shore, there, Peter doesn't even wait for the boat to get to the shore when he sees him. He jumps yeah. into uh, the water, swims to him, and falls at Christ's feet and says, "Please forgive me." Yeah. And, and then Jesus, where Jesus asked, do you love me? You know, feed my sheep. And, and, and he asked him three times and he's like, yes, Lord, you know. And, and this is Peter's moment of, 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 of just this, this guilt that he was for the denial. And it's, and it's washed away. Yeah. And we see that and we, and we say, you know, like, hey, in our walk in faith, we can be encouraged in that. I mean, we exactly. screw up all the time. And yet we, we can always trust and know that. While we fail, you know, God never fails. Um, and this, you know, connects to the third. Um, the, can, uh, the apology says, the third honor is the imitation, first of faith, as we've just been talking mm-hmm. about, then of the other virtues, which everyone should imitate according to his calling. These true honors, uh, these true honors, the adversaries do not require. They dispute only concerning invocation, which even though it would have no danger, nevertheless is not necessary. And so we get this sort of closing to it where we've got... You know, these imitation of faith, like we just talked about with Peter, like Mary, who accepts the fact she's going to be pregnant um, before having, you know, done all the stuff for pregnancy. Um, can you we, mean, talk, uh, can like, we say sex on the air? I thought oh. you were talking about the uh, registry at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and she accepts his opinion, you know, let it be to me as, as you have said. Um, that's a pure faith answer. That's not a teenage girl answer. That's a faith answer. Um, and, um, you know, and... And with the imitation, first of faith, then of other virtues, you know, we all have our different callings. We all have our different, you know, ways of showing Christ's love. Some of us are good at straight up talking about it. Some of us are good at, you know, very outgoing and, and talking to people and, and so forth. Uh, some of us are better at through acts of service, you know, hey, like we show it, our love through what we do. Um, you know, God makes us all different. We all have different ways. Like my favorite saint is actually Anselm of Canterbury. Mm-hmm. Um, he believed uh, he, he's in, you know, like um, Middle Ages and he was more of an intellectual. He believed that um, he could convert uh, people to Christ, particularly Muslims, by um, demonstrating that scripture and, and Christianity made more sense than <laughs> Islam. And I mean, like, you know, and you can poo-poo it if you want, but um, he used his gifts of, of intelligence and of writing and of debate to use it for the church. And, yeah. I, and I've always kind of admired that. He, he approaches, you know, uh, in the the apologetics aspect of, of this. Yeah. Um, and, and he and, wasn't built for going out there and, like, being <laughs> martyred. He knew that. Yeah. Like, it's like, no. He's no. like, oh, I'm going to fight her with my head. I'm going to use my head. Yeah. So I, I like that. I like Anselm. Um, 
but and then you know it closes off by saying that you know the the, the papacy is is just disputing the invocation which you know as lutherans we say um even if you know it would have no danger it's not necessary like why are we doing this extra stuff that god hasn't promised us will be beneficial like yeah. i mean well and, and that's ultimately that's what that's what rome does it it condemns it condemns this article um because we don't require invocation of the saints yeah we, would, we, we would don't you? and this, so this is a, you know the precepts of men being placed upon the conscience uh you know uh, and the of the the church placing these these man-made rules on the conscience of believers yeah it's like would you eat kale if it if they no. told you like it didn't give you any oh. health benefits <laughs> like no nobody would eat it nobody it eats like it garbage. with the bell health benefits yeah they do they grind it up and stuff because they're like oh look at me i'm getting all these like vitamins whatever This is Principal Kate Telke from Our Savior Lutheran School in Houston, Texas. At Our Savior, it is our mission to serve families for Jesus Christ. We also take pride in our provision of a classical Lutheran education for the nearby areas of Inwood, Garden Oaks, Oak Forest, and the Heights communities. As a classical Lutheran school, we provide an excellent education for all children. Classical education is a beautiful, tried-and-true teaching model that allows our teachers to instruct all children, regardless of their abilities. Our Savior does not exist to simply provide our students with the skills they need for the next level or the ability to score high on standardized tests. We provide an education that is centered in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we seek to cultivate wisdom and virtue by nourishing the soul on that which is true, good, and beautiful. We are teaching our students how to think and how to express themselves eloquently. OSL is a loving community where our children grow and learn to live in the grace of Christ each day. God has blessed us with a beautiful 60-acre campus that allows us to see the beauty of His creation on a daily basis. We welcome you to join us for a personal tour and pray that we may serve your family. Contact us at www.oslschool.org. You may call us at 713-290-8277 and follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Again, that website is www.oslschool.org.
um, you know, why do these things when you have no promise that, that you know, they, they bring you what you are asking? When, when Christ gives us the promise that his, you know, forgiveness and stuff is given through the word, given through the sacraments, like we, we're promised that we can be guaranteed that we're getting what God has promised. Um, we don't get that same guarantee for invoking uh, saints. Um, one thing I didn't mention uh, earlier that I meant to mention at the beginning is um, we also have Saints Days uh, in yep. the calendar. I mean, a couple of them have become commercialized, like St. Valentine's and St. Patrick's. Um, trying to think of... That was the only two, right? As far as commercialized? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, here in I mean, I mean, here I, mean that, I mean, then that kind of goes to the Reformation, you know, the All Saints Day. We have the, you know, the... Uh, yeah, but you know, but it's not really. As nobody's good. going trick or treating on All Saints. You go the day before. Did a little more at this, but I think like I, you know, and um, one thing I, I've always kind of found kind of fascinating uh, that I think a lot of people don't think about is Saints' days are the days on, on which those saints die when they enter you know eternal life with Christ. Yeah. Um, early Christians aren't really overly concerned with birthdays. Uh, birthdays are kind of a Roman yeah. thing, and um, actually believed to be kind of pagan. Um, like, why celebrate your life on this earth? <laughs> Yeah. Um, the life with Christ everlasting is, is yeah, the much baptismal, more exciting. Naming days or baptismal birthdays is what, what was the yeah. uh, the uh, celebration for the the Christian, and stood it still should be. Um, but uh, yeah, and so that's that's kind of um, these and, and these saints' days are marked on our lectionary on our on our church calendar and are celebrated. Uh, you know, each church does it differently, but um, oftentimes if uh, the Church. Some churches will will have a a service in midweek for if if that day falls upon, uh, you know, on that day, or they might have it that move it to recognition on that Sunday, and and so Saint Michael, yeah. uh, Saint you know Saint yeah, Saint Michael, uh, Michael Lutheran was yeah. a church I uh, when I was at a graduate student at Western Michigan. There was Saint Saint Michael Lutheran in, in Portage, Michigan, next to Kalamazoo. And, and I think like that's fine. Like, you know, if you go to St. Michael Lutheran or St. Paul or St. Lawrence and, you know, you have that Saints Day, you know, I don't know, do something. Have a little service remembering, you know, what that person did and what God has done for him. Like, you know, the example, you know, have a party, whatever. I mean, we do it at our church here. We have our Savior and every December every 25th we have, you know, a big celebration. I don't know if your church does that. but uh, <laughs> We also have a big celebration on this thing called Easter, Easter and yeah, Good yeah, Friday. Yeah. So we got a couple days we celebrate. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think that, I, I, and I think that as, as Lutherans and as Protestants or as Catholics as Orthodox, as Christians I think that um, recognizing and remembering saints and what they've done and what God has done to work through them. And it's, I think it's a good thing to do when done properly. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, and so, you know, we, we might ask, okay, well, why, why then where, where did this, uh, how did this arise in the church? And, and, the the invocation of saints and 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 why would why did this become such a, a a thing and and you can look to some instances in the Bible in which and this is what what the church the the medieval church did they they looked at passages and then inferred so the angels uh, Zechariah that we hear an angel praying uh, uh, you know. Uh, 
to 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 have mercy on on Jerusalem and Judea and praying for for the people. We know that that people pray that the saints pray for the church in heaven, and so we know that there are prayers that these saints are 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 giving that the angels give, um, but nowhere um, in Scripture does it speak to the saints or angels interceding for, for uh, in, through prayer for us in, in individually or for something like well, that. Well, and actually, and I think that the point that we should take from that is, is here in Zechariah, they're talking about, um, you know, here we have these angels asking God for mercy. We have examples, like in Paul's letters of the saints, you know, before the throne of God, like praying for us. Notice, like, nobody's asking them to do it. Yeah. Like, they are doing it. Why? Because that's what they do. Well, and so and, why would we need to ask them? Well, and, and, it, like, and I mean, it goes also, I think, that it, it, that's what they did in life. Um, they prayed for the church. They prayed, uh, you know, that God's will be done. And, and, that, that, and so in heaven, why, you know, according, you know, they're still doing that. Um, but, uh, for, but, but what happens is the, the leap then, there's the, you know, the, the, this, I would say, illogical leap that, that goes from, okay, well, they did that. So that means they must, if we ask them to pray for us individually for a specific petition that we have, then they'll do that. Yeah. Um, and so... But we don't have that promise, and I think that's what's important: is we don't have we don't have that surety and that confidence that they hear us. Exactly, and and, and so that's and that's what happens, and and so but but Rome at the you know at, when the the confession and the apology are written um, at this point are you know really you know digging in and and, and they're. Because Rome had become not just the church, but the political uh, power that was behind the the Church of Rome as well was starting to be challenged, and they they they, they didn't didn't want that. You know, they were they were already having outside challenges from you know the Ottomans um, and 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 others other you know outside forces that they're dealing with. They certainly don't want internal strife, and they they. They put these people down before, you know. You you look back to, you know, Jan Hus a hundred years before Luther, um, Wycliffe, and his his Bible, you know, and wanting to to have, yeah. uh, you know, a Bible in in the vernacular of the people, um, and and so pushing back against those people, and now all of a sudden we we see this German monk uh, coming out saying, well. I don't. I don't know necessarily. That, you know, this isn't what we need to be doing. We're because what we're doing is we're, we're we're placing a distraction before the people's eyes. Yeah. We're 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 putting something in place of Christ, and and all of these things now. And it's just this apparatus has been built around the saints and the veneration of the saints and pilgrimages uh, to holy places uh, that the saints would have lived at or would have died at or where their bones or rest or where their you know a shroud is. Or or, what, or whatever it might be, um, now all of a sudden, uh, this is this is the, the takes the primary focus of the ordinary individual Christian um, who's starting to uh, because they are being disconnected from the church. Nobody speaks Latin anymore. Um, I mean, other than the very educated, um, nobody can read. There's not a scriptures 
in the in their even if they could they didn't have a, what were they going to read they didn't have a bible in their own on their own language and so the church is, uh, so they they just go to church out of custom and tradition and because they, they they they're pious people and they want they need they know they need to go there but this can be more personal i can have this personal saint that watches me as a farmer, as a baker, as when I travel, um, or in childbirth, or when, so I can I can have these people, you know, praying for me. Well, and I think a, a great sort of comparison to that is when we think about, I guess, you know, modern people. We think back to the Middle Ages, and we're always like, oh, these people were so dumb, so easily misled mm-hmm. because you know these people in power did this or that. And it's like, well, think about today, like all these church denominations that, much like the medieval church have placed sort of this cultural comfort and, you know, making it all about you feeling good about yourself and, you know, kind of just meshing the current culture in with the church, which is what the medieval church is doing Mm -hmm. because they're just playing in on people's, you know, comforts and, and fears and stuff. And going to church just becomes this sort of thing you do. And think of all the denominations today that people go to church, but do they, like, you know, but they don't believe that Christ is the only way. They don't believe that, you know, scripture is God breathed or that it's truly God's word. But going to church makes them feel good. Yeah, it's, thera- like, it's therapeutic. It's, it's, and- it's, it's essentially just an extension of the culture. So rather than the church being this, you know, tower of uh, doctrinal purity and and the truth it's just an extension of the society in which we already live well and you can see that manifested clearly in in american culture yeah uh with you know our that rugged individualism that that americans are are known for and and what served us well i think is a developing country but uh not so much in the church and and so where where decision theology comes in and this this idea that i have to do uh, play a part in my you know destiny to heaven that if i'm not part of if i don't make the decision if i don't invite jesus in if i don't say a sinner's prayer if i don't do these things then it's not going to happen and so those things become those are modern day equivalents of the, the comfort of the saints. Uh, I can yeah. take comfort in the decision I made. I remember when I came to faith in the decision I made uh, just the same way that a medieval Christian uh, might look at a saint and say, you know, well, I'm going on a, on, on, on this hazardous travel, and so I, I, I have this icon in, in my my pocket, so so I will be safe and, and I, you know, secure an extra layer of protection. Yeah, and I mean, like, and we could go further and make people feel really bad and talk about how as Americans, we tend to also then extend that into our politics. And we believe <laughs> that, like, as we do our <laughs> political stuff, like, we are doing the work of the church. Well, no, you're not. Like, the work of the church is Christ crucified. And, you know, um, it is not American. It is... Christian. <laughs> it's Christian, and, it yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, and so sometimes it's going to disagree with what you like about your society, mm-hmm. and that's okay because it's right. <laughs> and uh, human-made institutions usually aren't exactly um, well. And all human institutions will fade uh, on that last yeah, day. Anyway. But you know, but Christianity <laughs> remains, and Christ remains, and right, will continue even after we keep screwing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and you know, and one of the, the with with the writers, the the Luther were saying in the in the apology or you know that, that Rome's insistence on the invocation of the saints um, 
basically was was applying the, this this merit of the saints as a propitiation and an interceder interceding on our behalf and and that once again puts Jesus to the side. And I think, too, it also gives this impression that there is a limit to God's grace, Mm -hmm. which also is not how Scripture talks. I mean, if you can get Peter (laughs) enough grace to be forgiven for denying Jesus, (laughs) not once, not twice, but three times, and also see, like, continue to be leader of the church, and then ultimately to be martyred for Christ Mm -hmm. in, in that, you know, forgiveness, like... That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he if Pete if that's for there for Peter we should feel very comfortable where we are at. Um, um, yeah, Peter and, didn't need any merit from yeah. you know Moses or whoever. Exactly. Who, by the way, also needed a lot of God's grace too. Because like, <laughs> I mean, he does all kinds of stupid yeah. stuff, yeah. horrible things. And, uh, and, but well, ultimately, not even getting to go into uh, yeah. I mean, like he'll led. suffer for that, yeah. but he he does get to be at rest with Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, and same for Abraham, Isaac, mm-hmm. Jacob, <laughs> all of them. anybody named. In the Bible, <laughs> and everyone named uh, is is a, a great example of the fact that these saints and prophets that have gone before us are not perfect by any means, and they're not. We don't imitate them because of who they are, but rather because of how God used them, yeah. regardless of how stupid they are sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and that you know God's grace is more powerful than our idiocy. Yeah, exactly, and it creates Which is pretty strong. Well, and they, that's true. So it creates this 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 buffer really between us and God um, and it brings us back to a a you know almost a, a second temple type of or you know uh, temple Judaism where where you have the you know the the holy of holies and the most holy place um, separated by the curtain and that God is unapproachable uh, God is, is scary um, God is wrathful um, best not to disturb him and so let's go to somebody that is more approachable somebody who's softer gentler kinder um so i'll go to saint agnes or i'll go to uh saint mary or saint joseph or saint paul or or somebody else that maybe you know they kind of lived a life like i did and and so i can relate to them and 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 it and it and it distances us from Christ. Well, I think it's important to think, and I think that we kind of mess this up because we have such a weird sort of thing in our culture where we have this sort of like, everything has to be like black or white. Mm -hmm. But it's like, is God like powerful and scary and like all those like, you know, for lack of a better term, all those terrible things? Yeah. (laughs) But he's on our side. Like, I mean, (laughs) like, yeah, he is God with an infinite power and wisdom and strength and, um, you know, and he does like punish his enemies. Mm -hmm. He created the entire universe and could eliminate it like with a word. But he's still our God. He's still the same God who sent Christ, the same God who saves us, the same God who nurtures us and looks out for us, who sends angels for us to our defense, who whose throne like all the saints pray before. And so 
Yeah, he is all those things, and he's on our side, and, and, so, well, and, and approachable. And that's like, the thing. I mean, the, the number one, of Christ. you know, the the people that, you know, that this this fear of God and the wrath of God is, is understandable. We should. There should be a, a, a reverent fear of God. Um, but we look to all the attributes of God that are listed in the Bible, and the most common attribute of God is love. Yeah. Um, I mean, in 1 John 4, God is love. I mean, that that's, that's how he comes to us. There is nobody that has a deeper love than God for us. Well, and then like, you know, we have Moses who can't look on, uh, he's, you know, told you can't look on me and live. Um, and that's still true. And yet God in his love sends his son whom we can look on. And so, you know, yeah. so it's like God says like, but I want you to look on me. And so here is is me through my son, you know, whom you do look to. And, you know, and through him, we approach the father. And so it's like, I think we we forget that when we talk about God, like we it's not he's either this or that. Um, you know, it's not like we have to make a, a, a smushier version of him. Right. Some very smaltzy kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and which we tend to do in our culture. We don't want God to be the God who can like, you know, rain fire down and destroy cities. We, we don't want him Morgan to... Freeman. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and so, but it's like, our God is that. And he is also love. And that's what we take from this mm-hmm. is that this God who is all powerful, who could eliminate all things with a word. And yet he has chosen to love us and to, uh, care for us and send his son for us. Yeah, and, and that love is manifested in no clear and, and powerful way than the cross. And right. invites us to come to him yeah, through the cross. Exactly. And so we, we have that. And so that that's why, you know, the ultimately we, we reject um, the cult of the saints and the invocation of the saints and reply, relying upon them for any sort of meritorious action towards us. Um, but we don't reject the idea of these individuals and their lives having meaning for us today yeah. uh, in which we can uh, turn to to look for examples of piety or examples of, of bravery or, or and examples of God's grace or examples of God's grace and how uh, forgiveness comes to them and how uh, they live these lives and their lives that they do and so you know uh, I think that's a, a important takeaway from this is is don't don't bash someone uh, for, uh, you know, enjoying or, or, or uh, having reverence for the saints, um, but but don't go so far as to um, hold them up as or have them become some kind of extra layer exactly. of mediation. Exactly, and, and that's kind of what why we uh, want to have this discussion today because we. If if you're doing that, read your Bibles. <laughs> look, look look to what the whole Bible is about. It's about Christ, um, and there is no need to go to anyone other than God to go to Christ. We we have that. That's what the cross did. It broke down. It ripped that that you know that that uh, curt, temple curtain, and there is no barrier between us and God. Um, we go to Christ, and He prays for us. He is our mediator. Um, he has His propitiation um, has made that possible, and only His, uh, because every saint that has ever lived was still a sinner. 
Um, and and so, uh, if you want to invoke someone, you certainly don't want to invoke someone that's sinful. Well, and, <laughs> and like so, and, and those saints needed Christ as much as we exactly, did. exactly. Like, that they are where they are because of Christ, and they would tell you that. Uh, and some of them did, you know, in, in, <laughs> in scripture. Um, but but they're all in heaven, and and and, and they're blessed reward uh, because of what Christ did for them, and and certainly. Uh, would you know be rolling over in their graves? I guess so to speak. <laughs> if if people were knew, were at their graves, you know, help me, Saint, whoever. Um, they're like, go to Jesus. <laughs> I was hoping you by talking to Jesus about Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I think we should keep that in mind as we as we go forward in our in our lives and our vocations. So, well, I guess uh, that might be a good place to wrap it up for this episode. Yeah, my coffee's uh, done. So yeah, yeah. So, and if you are interested in in reading or knowing about the Saints' Days that we uh, that we do celebrate in the Lutheran Church, there's a good uh, book by Reverend Will Will Wheaton, um, celebrating the Saints. It's a it has all of the days, uh, the Saints' Days, and a little uh, biography kind of uh, of each one of them. So it's a it's a good read, um, but. Um, so I would I would recommend that one. So we will uh, we will hopefully uh, we will promise that uh, we will uh, promise to try <laughs> to, to put. We'll it get up. back on track. We'll get back on track. Uh, we're promising. We're going to promise to get back on track. Um, so, uh, but uh, in the meantime, you can always check us out at at on our, in, anywhere that podcast can be down downloaded. At all, whatever your favorite spot is, you can go to the website at www.inthelandofuz.com um, You can email us at inthelandofuz at gmail uh, as well. Um, .com. Dot .com, right. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page. Follow and like, subscribe, do those kinds of things. Um, but uh, And for next podcast, we'll be talking about the Reformation. Right, because we will be heading into uh, October and, and for the we'll be looking at the Reformation. So you can mark that on your calendar sometime in October there will be another podcast uh, so yes uh, we got that so for uh, all of us we want to uh, for Dr. Boffman and myself I just wanted to say thank you for listening and uh, have a blessed day yeah, yeah, yeah.